Alrighty, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Extra Magic Hour, brought to you by the Vcast and the DizInsider.com. What do you get when you cross a former Disney cast member and a Disney superfan? You get the Extra Magic Hour, covering all things Disney parks, past, present, and future. Now hang on to them hats and glasses, because here's the wildest Disney parks podcast in the wilderness. Hey there, everyone. This is Sean. I'm Brooke. And I'm Tim. And I'm Andy. And we are here for the Extra Magic Hour. We are a Disneyland Parks podcast that covers all things Disney Parks. Uh, we are affiliated with the DCAST and the DizInsider.com. And I want to welcome you all tonight. How you, How's everyone doing tonight? I'm sitting at home. <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah. at home. <laughs> uh, having fun at home. I've been cleaning and organizing all of the drawers in my room. Right. And... And part of that, I have a cast member journal that I kept all three years of being in the Disney parks. It's like five inches thick. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I've been going back through entries in that and reminiscing. Maybe down the road, we can have a Brooks journal uh, entry every week and you can tell something that you can actually share. But if not, that's cool. Oh, that'd be so cool. This week's in Brooks journal. Right. <laughs> So the the voices you're hearing, you obviously hear me and Brooke. Um, You heard Tim, and you obviously you hear Andy, who is the producer and head of the DCAST production network. And we just want to welcome him and have him come coming on with us tonight. So Andy, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. And it's it's the dulcet tones of my voice you heard at the beginning (laughs) and the end of this podcast. It's my dulcet tones. Yeah. Okay, Chris. That was pretty funny today, though. <laughs> so, yeah, a quick explanation of what you mean by pretty funny. So big shout out to our friend Bobby class, Bobby's class um, at the Emerging Media and Digital Arts class, 499, the podcasting class at Southern Oregon University. I got to speak to that class today about podcasting, and they basically tore our podcast apart, listened to it. Everybody had questions. It was great. So big shout out to Southern Oregon University's MDA 499 podcasting yes. class. Bobby, thank, thank you, you for guys. having me on. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I was telling the, the crew in our in our <laughs> our uh, chat, like, yeah, I had a great time. Talked to this class about it. They love the show, and they, they gave us some, some constructive criticism and just some really good feedback on what to keep doing. And then so Chris is like, so what they say about my dulcet tones? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely nothing. They said a lot about Sean and David and Brooke, but they didn't say much about you. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they they like the, specifically, they love Brooke's energy and how much she's grown. And David, like with the interview, they loved his interview and see Sean grow from like the first episode to like now. And, but the thing is, Chris has always been like solid good. So yeah, you didn't see like, yeah, he, he just he's, he's got good. that voice. I don't so stutter. Like, I don't stutter as much, so that's nice. So yeah. So <laughs> they were just commenting on, on like what they saw from the first episode where you guys were on till now, right? And Chris is just, Chris. You've just been consistently good. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. He's he's the guy. He's the he's the main guy. He's the main host. The host with but, the most. Uh, you can't compete with my dulcet tones. Oh, there you go. That's so, so weird to think though that uh, how much we've progressed since starting it really is just about getting on the mic and recording as much as oh, possible yeah. yeah they were in love with your brook uh you know, with you brook uh with your interview brook with leslie um Aww. leslie margaria was they adored that because they weren't when they started looking at our podcast uh last semester we were only doing one show 
Now we're doing three to five a week. So more and more keeps coming. And the Leslie one came out last minute and they all were listening to it and they just loved it. They can't believe we got a Broadway star on. Can't believe we got Disney legend on. And so it was, it was really cool. That so really means a them. lot. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good interview, Brooke. So and I agree with them. Your energy is absolutely amazing. And it's kind of the driving force behind all of us, I think. So we appreciate that. So and you might be getting some some messages about people wanting to be involved in the Disney College program. Just heads up. Yeah. I'm more <laughs> I, I was never in the Disney College program myself, but I am more than happy to answer any questions. Well, I feel stupid because I thought you were. <laughs> you work for Disney. I did. But okay. I was never a part of the Disney College program. I have many friends who did the Dig- Disney College program in both the Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort. So, okay, I, have, so you went to- I have good resources. Okay. Well, you worked in the education department there, right? At Disneyland? Uh, I did. So the Disney Youth Education Series isn't – it's technically tie, uh, tied into guest talent, okay. but it's not with any – particular department all right makes sense so you're you're the one who would take all the school kids around when they come for field trips and tell them about how things work and you know Mm -hmm. how different science concepts work with the different attractions so on and so forth which is freaking awesome by the way yeah absolutely it's the coolest thing for sure go to disneyyouth.com and uh check out how to get your youths involved when that opens back up because they're such a great group of people Absolutely. I've hijacked this thing. So I'm no, you're it. fine. Also, go, go. No, you're fine. Also, if you guys have questions, my daughter was, uh, did the college program in Florida as well. She actually worked on uh, the great movie rides. She was one of oh, the, yeah. uh, she was one of the hosts on the great movie ride. <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny that, that, um, the other night, uh, Mr. Cheesy pop had his trivia. He has his trivia like every Tuesday night and my daughter was on there and he asked a question and he was wrong. And she was very upset that he, that his answer was wrong because he told her that she was wrong and she knew that she was right. She said, I know it was written on the wall there. So I know it's absolutely right. So, but if you guys have questions, like you said, ask, reach out to us on the DCAST uh, Instagram page and ask any questions you have. Uh, speaking of that, um, real, quick, we, uh, real ahead, quick, go ahead, real quick. So we're doing a little beta test. You want to talk about the beta test real quick? I'm sorry. I was drinking. Oh, <laughs> the beta test for the podcast feed. Yes. So basically what he means by that is right now we are doing five shows a week, which include the insiders with Skylar and Andy. We're doing the uh, Knights of the Rogue Republic with all the ladies, which is Megan, Brooke and uh, Amber doing all Star Wars, uh, Marvel Tribe with David and Chris. This one here, the Extra Magic Hour and the main DCAST roundtable. Right now, they are all on the same podcast feed. So if you if you were to type in to say Spotify, Marvel Tribe, it would not show up. It would, it would it's hard to find. But we are we're, we're we're trying with this podcast right now. Basically, uh, we just set it up last week. Just started to be uh, extra magic hour on its own feed. So yeah. if you guys, when you if you could look on Spotify, look on iTunes, which I know we're going to be up here with in the next couple of days and yeah. go on there, like us, share us with your friends. We're trying to pull ourselves, not pull ourselves away, just trying to make it easier for Andy to manage everything. So everything's not on one and it makes, it doesn't cl- clump up our, our regular feed. If I understand that's what you're trying to do. Correct. Andy. Yeah, and also for, for those of you who are listening, it doesn't say you love the extra magic hour. You love the decast round table and you love the insiders, but you, you're not really into Marvel or star Wars. So you don't like those on your feeds or vice versa. You want Marvel and star Wars, but you don't care for the other shows that way doesn't clog up our listeners feeds with stuff they don't want but also if you like all five it's just easier to consume it that way right because on itunes it all comes up as one logo but then if you have it on five different feeds you know which one's which 
So best thing to do, go to anchor.fm slash slash extra magic hour. All the different ways are there to listen. And we're still on the decaf feed as well. Um, If this works out with the new feed, we'll take it off and then we'll do Marvel tribe next. And then extra, uh, then Knights of the world Republic next. It's just a test. But if you'd rather have a dedicated feed for extra magic hour, go to anchor.fm slash extra magic hour. And who doesn't want an extra, just your own extra magic hour in your pocket whenever you want. Right. We can exactly. all use Who's an extra magic now? hour. Yay! Who's drinking now, Andy? It's, it's me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, is, it is Diet Coke and something else. Nice. Yay I, for Diet Coke. I, I, have, I drink way too much soda. <laughs> I'm having Sprite and something else. So, I mean, cheers to you. <laughs> it's not, I, yeah. um, hey, so one, speaking one, of uh, soda... Oh, Go ahead. Speaking of soda, I don't know if you all have heard this. I mentioned it on Knights of the Rogue Republic, but don't say so, it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say what? I know what you're about to say. Okay, I shouldn't say it then. <laughs> say it. Say it. I'm just crying okay. in the inside. Well, uh, thermal detonators could be lurking near your local store. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but the thermal detonator soda bottles that are the round Coke bottles I'm that looking were sold at, one at right Galaxy's now, yeah. Edge. Ooh, yeah. So they were sold at Galaxy's Edge, but since the park isn't open right now, supposedly they can be found at local mom and pop shops. Yep. Oh, I saw some I in Alabama. I saw like two pallets in Alabama or something. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so not encouraging people to go out right now but that if you're out running for essentials and they happen or you happen to know that there's a place where they're at and you need essentials you might want to go to that place instead when getting your essentials but also from what i understand like the disney ice cream bars and sam mickey mouse ice cream bars and sandwiches like if you go to i I had to go to safeway today and pick up essentials um like 200 dollars in groceries and they have an overstock of Mickey Mickey shaped ice cream bars and ice cream sandwiches. Oh, nice! And from what I understand from certain Reddits, is that because those those things have already been produced, and because they cannot be sold in the park, they're repackaging them to be sold in stores. Oh, wow! That's that's what I'm hearing. That makes no one sense. At, no one at Disney is confirming that. But that's also while we're seeing the thermal detonator Coke products out on the market as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know a few friends in Anaheim who have been able to get their hands on them, and I thought that they were just limited to Anaheim, but they seem to be popping up so many more places, and that's they're eight exciting. They're $8 to see. a pop in Anaheim oh, in the store. Worth wow. it, though. Worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do something real quick that we've never done on this show. Um, I want to go through everyone here and kind of give where we where you can reach us. You can obviously reach us on decast.com or decast.net. Um, myself, you can reach at Big Papa Disney on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Brooke, where can we find you and Snowy? I'm on Instagram at Pink Sparkle Tutu, but my teddy bear, Snowy, loves going on all sorts of adventures. <laughs> She's at Snowy Snowbear on Instagram, Facebook, you name it. How about you? How about you, Andy? Um, Don't mess with my friends. Um, sorry, that was um, Peter Quill there. Um, you can find me on all the various social media networks at Andy is a film geek. Yes, also, make sure you go to the Dis Insider um, 
Facebook group where we are on there all the time. Right, we right. help manage it with the Disney Insider. I'll go to their Facebook group. I'm posting there all the time. But as far as Instagram and the Twitters go, Andy is a film geek. All right. And the reason I really want to do this was because of um, our new host, Tim. So um, I actually came up with Tim's name. So that's why I'm, I wanted to do this. So, <laughs> so, so if you guys didn't know, we're going to have a third host. His name is Tim. Um, if you don't know what he, me and Tim both sell cars. I'm actually a car salesman. Tim's one of my bosses. So, um, but we're both huge Disney nerds and, um, I want to take a minute to introduce him. I want him to tell us first what his Instagram name is because it's, it's classic because his name's Tim. And then I'm going to ask him a couple questions and I've learned a bit, little bit about him. So Tim floor is yours. What's your name first on Instagram? Awesome. I hope you guys are ready. It is actually Mr. Timony Cricket, and that's both yes. on Instagram and Facebook. So, yes. Yep. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Yes. I have people at work now asking me to come up with names for them because they thought it was so good. So, so what we want to do, Tim, um, we do this. I know when Andy and uh, Andy and me and Chris started last year, we basically sat around in one little room and uh, told each other our Disney story, kind of what Disney means to us, and uh, just how it affects your life and why you're such a fan. So I'm going to give you the floor for a little bit to kind of tell us a little bit about you. And then we've got a few questions for you. That sounds great. So how it all started, I'm actually from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I grew up there. Oh, hold up, hold up. Vegas? <laughs> yeah, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yep. What, what high school, what high school did you go to? I <laughs> uh, actually didn't go to high school there. I actually moved out when it, uh, we moved up here when I was like 12 or 13. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, last school I went to was Thurman White. Um, that was oh. middle school. Yeah. Okay. I went to Bonanza High School, so this sounds oh, very good. nice. Continue. Awesome. Awesome. Not a problem. <laughs> so every once in a while, obviously we were about three and a half, four hours away from Disneyland. My mom absolutely was a huge Disney freak and loved Disneyland. So we'd go there every couple months. We do a day trip and we drive there. I just remember sometimes we would drive there and actually my brother who's sitting right behind me, um, he would come with and literally we'd be listening to Dory Origato, Mr. Roboto on the way to Disneyland, which was really cool, as well as the Main Street Electrical Parade um, soundtrack. So it was really cool. But yeah, we used to go to Disneyland a lot when we were kids. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. We just... I mean, I enjoyed going to the parks. Obviously, I back then I didn't go to California Adventures. I actually didn't go to California Adventures, I think, until I was like 20, 21. So there's so a big not gap that long there. ago. Yeah, not that long ago. I'm 28. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Disney, I mean, it's it's always so much fun to go there. I mean, I enjoy all the immersiveness of all of the rides. I mean, obviously going with your family, it's just you have the time of your life. Um, each ride has its own story. And it's just it's 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 a wonderful place to be at. Mm -hmm. So doesn't someone in your family work there or worked there? Yeah, my mom actually worked for a couple of the restaurants. She actually used to work at Coke Corner, and then she also worked oh. at the Jolly Holiday as well. Oh, geez. Um, yep. Now she's in Vegas, so she might be moving back and getting a job back at Disneyland, but oh, wow. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right on. So I have a couple of questions that we kind of ask everyone, and um, f first one I'm going to ask you is, who's your favorite Disney character? I am going to have to go with Aladdin, and the reason being is the story of Aladdin's it's inspiring. It literally mm -hmm. is. He starts as a street rat. You know, he's starving. He doesn't have food, really doesn't have anything. He's has a really, really good heart. Like like everybody says in it, he's a diamond in the rough and basically just going through a rough time. And then he basically, you know, ends up finding himself and actually becomes a really great person and becomes who he really is mm -hmm. um, and gets in a better spot. So I'd have to say Aladdin. OK, this one's usually tough. Um, what's your favorite park? Uh, I don't know which ones you've been to, but it's a figure favorite park that you've been to. 
<laughs> so I've only been to two. Um, I've only been to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventures. I would have to say my favorite park, though, is going to be Disneyland yeah. just because it's it's original. I mean, it's Walt Disney's dream and the rides are absolutely incredible. And they're very, like I said, immersive. The stories on them are absolutely incredible. So Disneyland all the way. Okay, one thing you're going to have to learn on this is we don't call them rides. Why, Andy? Because there's only one ride right. in the Disneyland Resort. That's <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. There's an attraction. There was once a ride at the Walt Disney World, a great movie ride, <laughs> right. along with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Right. Both those are now... Let me phrase attractions then. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you I, know, know, I, I really feel like the word attraction, as much as I'm here for nomenclature, I've told them before, the word attraction can be interchangeable depending on the situation. With so you're the only, the the only former cast member who hasn't eaten me alive for using the word ride. So I just got so used to using the word attraction. I've even been on like walking on Walt's footsteps tour. And so me and my, me and my spouse were like, oh yeah, we're huge Disney fans. She started quizzing us and everything. The only thing she got us on was the one ride in Disneyland. And that's before we knew. And then she just like, well, she was pl- being playful, but like, Oh, you guys didn't know that everyone in Disney fan knows that. So from here on out, I was like, that's it. They're all attractions except for Mr. Toads. And of course at the time, right. the, the great movie ride was still there, but that's now gone too. And that's Mr. Toad's totally wild fair. ride. Yeah. Now Mr. Toad's wild ride has gone to Walt Disney world too. So right. there's only one ride. There's only one left. <laughs> there's only one ride. <laughs> I will say when I'm writing the articles for the Disney insider, um, I usually do like history of the attractions and I find myself typing ride more than I type attraction. And then I'll actually just halfway through it, say, forget it. Cause it, attraction is just a longer word. So, I just, <laughs> so if you ever, well, yeah, there's a, there's a professional setting where attraction really matters and then there's the conversational tone that we have that i feel it's fine if you say ride okay brooke stated it so we can say whatever we want so tim what is your favorite doesn't mean i am i am i your home rides (laughs) what's your favorite attraction slash ride well, Sean, you and I talk about this all the time at work, um, so you're probably not going to be very surprised, but I'm going to have to go with Space Mountain. Yeah, oh, I know geez. it's not one of the original ones, but it is so much fun. And yes. yes, I just absolutely love it. It's and me and Andy have gone back and forth on that, so but it's okay. You know, I was I was listening to for you. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast today. I've been really trying to uh see what other types of Disney content are out there and there are so many amazing creators. But uh one of them which was Walt Disney World WDW News mm-hmm. interviewed the former vice president of the Walt Disney World Resort. And supposedly, Buzz Aldrin told him oh, wow. that Space Mountain was much rougher of a ride than uh, of a journey than <laughs> actually taking off from wow. the moon. Wow! Do any of you guys? He meant that in a good way, and I'll say that Walt Disney World's Space Mountain is definitely different from Disneyland's Disneyland Space Mountain for the win. But you know. Go ahead. Tim. Uh, I want to go on the original. Uh, it was Euro Disney at the time, but Disneyland Paris space. Oh, Mountain. the rocket to the moon. Oh, rocket to the moon that was based on Jules Verne, and yeah, like oh goodness, they've now done it up. But I've been watching a lot of Defunct Land lately on YouTube, um, which they're sometimes they're very critical of Disney, but they have a, so much great history on there. Defunct Land about, is my favorite. <laughs> oh, I love great. them. But they talk a lot about the Paris Space Mountain, and like oh, so anyways, I just want to put that out there. Paris Space Mountain. Lo- what were you saying, amazing. Tim? 
I was going to ask if any of you guys remember in the old queue of Spacebound where you could look inside the bubbles and actually see inside the ride and watch the roller coasters go right by. Yes. 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 Oh, I miss those so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I just whenever I'd go on Space Mountain, I'd literally stand at that bubble and just look inside for like 10 minutes, just watching the roller coasters go by. Dude, I miss, so Cap- cool. I miss Captain EO. So, I mean, come oh, on. Yes. <laughs> you're you're yeah. It's to change the world. <laughs> oh, God. That was beautiful. <laughs> OK, next question. Uh, Dole Whip or Churro? Okay, I know this is going to be horrible, but I've never had a Dole Whip. <laughs> yep, yep, sorry. <laughs> I knew that was going. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to say a churro. Um, it's absolutely, I mean, just the smell of the churro when you walk in. Yay! My favorite part's when you go into Tomorrowland and there's that churro stand right by uh, Buzz Lightyear's um, Astro Blasters, right underneath the mo- uh, the people mover track that's my favorite place to get a churro oh yeah oh, yeah yep. also where are these children coming from who, who invited all of these children into their houses there are six feet people. six feet people <laughs> <laughs> okay last question i have and i don't know if you've done both of these either but uh blue or green milk so i'm gonna have to go with blue milk uh okay. that's the only one i tried i kind of got scared to try the green milk and it was only because like mr cheesy pop and everybody who's tried it said it has kind of like a dirt or a earthy taste so it kind of scared me away from trying it but i think the next time when i go there i'm gonna try it and i heard they had this different version it's like a i can't remember what they got mixed in it but i I can't wait to try it it's like chili or something like that yes yeah it's like a chili chili powder exactly Um, yeah i think that would be really good yeah i don't okay to be completely honest uh, although blue is my favorite, I still don't understand why all of the hate towards green and why people taste <laughs> dirt in it, supposedly. I know, it's weird. It's, 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 <laughs> I, think it has, I think it has more to do with the Star Wars films that people have, a lot of Star Wars fans, not me, have a lot of disdain for that scene right. where Luke Skywalker mm, is milking and then that's a good that point. animal and, and drinking the green milk. That it just reminds them and brings them back to that place that's and possible. they felt. Um, during The Last Jedi. And so you have Blue Milk, which is from OG Star Wars. So I think that's that's probably where it stems from. I loved The Last Jedi as a standalone film. I do I do see the issues with mm-hmm. the entire Star Wars Sky, Skywalker saga. Yes, it did have some issues that need to be corrected. But I think that's where it comes from. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, that does make sense. Those are the questions I have. Andy or Burke, do you have any questions for Tim Any to, 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 for the finish the vetting process here? favorite dark ride attraction favorite dark ride attraction haunted mansion all of the way that's a good Ooh, one good, good, answer. One. good answer uh weirdest disneyland experience do you have any weird disney park yes. stories yes i've got a really weird one um I actually, this was before my mom started working at the Coke Corner. I actually went in there and got one of their hot dogs and I got really, really sick off it. And I, was, I just remember walking through California Adventures and literally I just felt sick to my stomach. I felt so nauseous. And we actually went to the uh, the city hall place or the guest services and we talked to them because I, I thought I had food poisoning. So they actually brought me backstage and they had this little doctor's room and they brought me in there, gave me like a Pepto-Bismol little 
chewable mm-hmm. tablet mm-hmm. and then made me lay on a bed for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then literally gave me a couple passes and my mom a couple passes to get on the front line of the rides. Aww. And it was like Wait. Pirates of the Caribbean and I can't remember the other Wait, one. So I think it was based on. So because you got sick, you got because to go. Because I got you, sick. What? Uh, free fast passes. What's yeah. that? So I yeah. just got nurse, the- Their nurses are amazing. I remember Incredible. talking to one once and uh, just saying they have the best job ever. So I have to fake being sick and I can get fast passes. I, no, I love the, the nurse's station there and the, uh, the baby, the baby station are amazing mm-hmm. there. <laughs> I, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Never abuse the kindness of others. I don't know. abuse that kind of magic. Cause that's how we yeah, get never. things taken away. Yeah. And you're we the, don't want those things taken away from us. You're the youngest and you're like our mom too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, oh, I know, I know like, you're absolutely right though, Brooke. As, as a kid, I used to be able to go and roam Disneyland. You know, being in Southern California, I lived in Southern California until I was 14, then moved to Vegas. We used to be able to go to Disneyland by ourselves and roam the place. But then parents started abusing it, getting their kids you know, um, in Anaheim and in, in Orange County, getting their kids annual passes and just using Disneyland as a babysitting service. And yeah. so, so what ended up having to happen was they had to make it so no one under a certain age could be there by themselves without an adult. Um, whereas before it was fine. And just like Brooke said, if people take advantage of it, it gets taken away. Right. 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 Hello. 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 Oh my gosh. Hello. Hey, Papa Disney. So are there any more questions? No, I think I think that covers it for now. If I can think of any more really good ones, I'll be sure to ask you, Tim. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I have one question. Oh no. How long <laughs> how long will our sponsor break be? We'll be right back. I'm really working on those segues. Not bad, right? Oh my god, that was pretty smooth. <laughs> That's a good segue. <laughs> you, just, you just have a round of applause. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You know, it's been a competition between shows <laughs> as to who can, as to who can get the smoothest sponsor transitions and. <laughs> You all are on such a roll oh, right that now. One, that one felt pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we do thank our sponsor. Um, next thing you want to talk about, um, <clears throat> we just heard yesterday um, in Florida that uh, they're getting really close. They're doing a lot of discussions about what they're going to do to open up the parks and what it, what it's going to look like when the parks possibly open back up. So I want to go through some of the guidelines that were, that, that were put out and kind of just discuss what you guys think if you think they're going to work. And then we have a question at the end of this year. So the guidelines reopen at large theme parks in Florida right now, because that's all it's been discussed is there must be taped off marking of six feet distance and attraction lines. Number two, staff will be required to wear wipe down. Yeah. Will be required to regularly wipe down surfaces and staff members who are over 65 or older are encouraged to stay at home, which I think is very smart because obviously this virus, this virus is attacking more people that are, that, 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 that are older. Um, then the mandates for the park says that all employees are required to wear face masks, which I want to touch on these a little bit when we get back. Um, there must be touchless hand sanitizers at each ticketing and ride entry slash exit. <clears throat> 
Um, staff will be required to uh, temperature check before their shift. If they're uh, if they're below 100.4, if they're over 100.4, they will not be allowed to enter the park. And then all railings and surfaces will be wiped down after every use. Brooke, you work there. Can some of this stuff be done? You know, it's... This is such a hard topic to uh, feel like I can say something of value Mm -hmm. because I I just know what I know as a cast member, a former cast member, and I know what I know from hearing things about my mom who is in the medical field, but all of this is changing so quickly Mm -hmm. and it's hard to put my finger on a definite answer. Okay. I do think that there are a lot of people out there who would be willing to comply to these rules Mm -hmm. and it is doable, but on some other accounts, it wouldn't be doable. I was talking to my friend group who all of them work for the company currently and are, are telling me, you know, it's really hard to see all of these rumors about the park opening up because mm-hmm. they they don't know if they're going to be able to keep their apartments or right. housing or their, their job or anything like that. But right. other than that, it was a big discussion today about these precautions. Okay. And my response was always the what if. So one person said Hong Kong has resumed... Uh, preparations for character dining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters walk by and greet you from afar. Right. And my question was, how do they stop guests from touching them? Exactly. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, and that's something that I think, especially American audiences, as much as I, I love my country, I love America. I right. don't think that yeah. we're taught to comply to rules as much. And as for the hand-washing stations, Who's going to make sure that there are people washing their hands and what do they do if those people don't comply? I don't know if you've ever stood in a public restroom and watched how many people walk out without washing their hands. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's not pleasant. Thank you. Yes. Yes. It's disgusting. It's terrible. Yeah. Even before all this. So Mm -hmm. a question about the masks. So obviously, if all the employers are going to wear masks. So does that does that mean there would be no face characters that you'd be able to even interact with? Um, I, once again, with all characters, I feel like, um, I'm not sure how people would do character dining or talk to any of the characters, talk to Mickey or talk to Rapunzel or Mm -hmm. any, any of them that you can think of without having the temptation to go and give them a hug. Cause I think we're all in need of a hug right now. And who, who do we think of first, but Disney's amazing characters to talk to and get autographs from and hug and be reassured that everything is okay. Uh, And even in the wearing of masks, there are things such as roller coasters. I don't see how roller coasters can be open during this time. If there's even the possibility that everyone behind a certain seat in the roller coaster would have the potential to be exposed to sure sure because if if you cough or scream or whatever on a ride yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna you know yeah but so so like on Pirates of the Caribbean do you 
do you separate each? Do you only you know every other row? So even or, still, you'd have to wipe the seats down in between every guest. the uh, The idea of virtual queuing comes up, and I know the app has been playing around with setting up virtual queues. Right, but the wait times on that are going to be massive and we're going to have to hope that people understand that we all want to be in the parks. We all want to be at our happy place again, but it's Mm going to take some work to figure out the logistics of how this can happen. Oh, absolutely. So So I did see that they were talking about possibly uh, 50% capacity, then moving up to 75% capacity, which still 50% capacity and just say Disneyland itself, that's that's 25,000 people still. Their capacity is up from what I saw, 51,000, I think. So you're still talking Mm -hmm. about 25,000 people in a 55 acre park. So you're going to be touching people. It's still not going to be, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. I'm very up in the air about how I feel about that. Personally, I'm probably not going to be visiting the park so soon. I mean, wait, don't answer that question. We're going to come back to that. Okay. 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 I'll I'll, I'll hold on to that. Okay. So Tim, what are your thoughts on the, the, the guidelines that have been put out there? I think, I think it's all great and it's, it's pretty smart. The only thing I just don't understand is, you know, with people coughing or people sneezing, I mean, obviously I think they would have to require face masks. So that way, if they're coughing and sneezing, it doesn't escape the mask. But for those that, let's say they didn't make it a requirement to wear the mask, if they're coughing and sneezing inside these buildings where the showrooms are, the attractions, I mean, you have the virus just sitting there in the air and people are breathing that in. Right, right. Um, or like you and I discussed, or we discussed on the last podcast, is basically if you're on a roller coaster with somebody and somebody throws up or they cough yeah. or whatever, it's going to come right in your face. Yep. So, I mean, it's just... It's kind of hard to open up the parks and be super safe with it and make sure that this virus is not going to spread, you know, left and right. So that way it doesn't get out of control again. Um, But that would be my only concern. I mean, the hand sanitized stations, you know, everything like that sounds great. Um, Cues, I think they can do that, keeping, you know, people six feet away. Um, But it's just going to it's going to take a long time to get on the rides because, I mean, look at Space Mountain. You have two carts that go at once. I mean, you're pretty much only going to have about maybe two people in that one roller coaster to go around. Right. So, I mean, it's I I just don't see how they're going to be able to do it. And if they do it, it's just going to be a nightmare. Right. Um, Yeah. How about you, Andy? Are you there? Good night. Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here, here's here's my thing. I the biggest issue I have is according to doctors right now, a good amount of the people who have the COVID nineteen virus are asymptomatic. They they are not showing any symptoms. They have it. Their body recovers, but they spread it to, you know, who knows how many people I know uh, near here in Grants Pass, Oregon, there was somebody who worked at a coffee stand, mm-hmm. who a very popular coffee stand, who was working there, was asymptomatic for a long time. And they worked and it turns out they had it. Right. And now they're asking everybody who went to that particular coffee stand just to completely self-quarantine beyond what you know, were already doing. But With- can I also mention that that particular coffee stand did an amazing thing by giving that employee and everyone 
who worked at that location and was exposed paid leave. Absolutely. And, yeah. and they That's awesome. let the community know. Like that yeah. was an which amazing was, move. Which was a responsible thing to do. Absolutely. But the issue I have is there, you know, they can do the temperature checks. They can do all this stuff. You're going to have people who literally think they're not sick and they're spreading it. Mm-hmm. And so Hong Kong's going to be a big test. The China Park's going to be a big test because the the culture there there's not as much touching and that that sort of right. thing as we have here in America you don't just go run up to a character and give them a hug so seeing how that goes will be kind of a beta test because in America um yeah I love my country I love where we live I love the freedoms here but we as American ha- Americans have this thing where we have our rights and no one's going to tell us what we are we are going to and not going to do. We paid our ticket for admission, so right. we get to do what we want. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to have a lot of issues with some people, maybe in one park more than the other park in the United States, with people saying, no, I paid my money. I'm going to get to do what I want to do. Right. Um, thing is, it's Disney's park. They can do what they want, and they can tell you to do what they want you to do. So I think the American parks in particular are going to have a very, very difficult time. And I would think that they need to err on the side of keeping things closed a little longer and that's just it's just a cultural thing it's just a cultural thing in paris in hong kong and tokyo i think they're gonna have a much easier time with people following the rules i mean i can just think about tokyo you know when they had the the the, the earthquake there with the with the tsunami if they you watch the imagineering story how everyone stayed calm during that Mm -hmm. time no one freaked out if that sort of thing happened i've seen people during small earthquakes at disneyland freak out you know, in California Adventure, during small, you know, 3.0 earthquakes, people freaking out. I couldn't imagine, you know, something major like that happened in the United States at an right. American park, how people would react. So, and it's just a cultural thing. That's all it is. Okay. So I just don't see it working, especially in, on one coast compared to the other. So I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. So with that being said, um, I asked you guys this today in our, in our group chat and we put a uh, question, mm-hmm. we put we put a question on uh, our Instagram page. Um, parks. Blue milk. What's that? Blue milk. Blue milk. <laughs> so, oh, th- so um, theoretical world or a hypothetical world, um, Disneyland, uh, Disney announces they're open all their parks tomorrow. How long before you go? I'll start with you, Tim. You know what? I love Disneyland so much. And I feel like, you know, obviously with our business, we have to make sure we're following the CDC guidelines, you know, making sure you're doing the social distancing and everything like that. I would honestly, I'd be the one to risk it and I'd be the one to go tomorrow if I could. Right. And I'd bring a face mask. I'd stay the six feet away from people and I would use plenty of hand sanitizer and I would totally go right away. Okay. Andy? Uh, I went grocery shopping today <laughs> i had someone stand in line with me and they bumped into me and i'm like oh so, so, so I, I apologize for the bumping into me like oh it's no big deal you don't believe in all this stuff do you and i'm wearing a face mask oh. and i'm like <laughs> wow and that's at the safeway that's literally a quarter mile from my house um i can only imagine how things would be 700 miles down i-5 right. um <laughs> So, 725 miles to be precise. Um, <laughs> well, and people from all over the world people visit the that world. park. It's yeah. not just the viewpoints yeah. of one particular small area. Yeah. It's and the viewpoints of people from all over the world and all over the country. And, and maybe if I... 
maybe if I didn't have asthma, which I have, I've had under control for years. Maybe if I didn't have an autoimmune disorder, maybe if my son and daughter didn't have autoimmune disorders, I would say I'd go. Right. But because of those things, I mean, just going to Safeway, I have hand sanitizer in my car. I'm, I have a spray. I spray all over myself and everything, even though they've sanitized the cart for me, I'm re-sanitizing it. Mm-hmm. Anytime I, I, I even like, I start to touch my face, but don't, I sanitize my hands again. I'm super obsessive about it because I can't get sick. Sure. It would, it, it would, it would be bad for me. Um, I just, I wouldn't risk it. I just wouldn't risk it. Okay. Not now. So I'm going to, I'll go next and we'll save you for last Brooks. I know you have thoughts on this. Um, I, I'm with Tim on this. I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a gambler and my love for that. I, I, I'm the oldest one here of all, of all four of us. And I do have two of the conditions that are underlying, but I still think that I would, that I would risk it just because I know that sounds really selfish, but I'm just, I'm just being honest. If someone said tomorrow Disneyland was open and you can go, I'd be like, I'm there. You know what I mean? So I, that's just how I feel about it. So that's very selfish. And I, and I get that. And I'm sorry for, for thinking that way, but um, Brooke, what do you think? <laughs> I, I think that your opinions are valid. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely understand missing out on on the parks and wanting to be there. Uh, like I said before, I coming home from living there for three years was very tough for me. So having the idea of you can go to Disney whenever you want, and then having that pulled away is very disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends and I were really wanting to do a birthday trip. Uh, now combining, my birthday and my friend's birthday uh, into a whole group trip. And as much as I would like to do that, I really, at the moment, can't see that happening. I feel uh, my summer program, I was supposed to teach STEM science to girls through Verizon Wireless again this year. And that was canceled. And that happens in late August, right before school gets back in session. Uh, So I would like to gauge it around there. Personally, I feel like maybe around September Mm -hmm. at the earliest, everything will be kind of settling down. But I just don't know. Right now, I know... For the people around me, that I would never want to cause them any harm or uh, or, or do anything. I know that Disneyland will always be there right. whenever I want to return. So, yeah. All right. Well, that totally makes sense. Um, I appreciate you guys all on that. So, our topic of the night is this is coming out on Monday. May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you all. So our topic, our topic, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa, our topic, on? our topic oh, tonight stream is in Star Wars. It our is. Topic. It's in every Star Wars except for Rise of Skywalker. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Rise of Skywalker, see another segue. Here we go. On, on Monday, May the 4th on Disney Plus, all nine movies will be available to stream on Disney Plus. So 
yes, yes, yes. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Not only that, but we will also get the final episode of Star Wars Clone Wars. This week, this Friday, something very important in the Star Wars timeline is going to happen in the show. So, And I think the Mandalorian, isn't the Mandalorian documentary supposed to come out that same day as well? Yes, it is. And then we also already have the Empire of Dreams documentary you can watch. Look at that. We're talking about about the original trilogy. Diz Diz Insider news here as well. So, Yeah, we talk. (laughs) No, no, go ahead. We go over more detail of all the things that you can do today on uh, May the 4th on Knights of the Rogue Republic as well. Yes. So check that out. Um, What I want to talk about is Star Wars. um, Just how Star Wars, you know, back in the 80s, when Lucas came in, came into D- to Disney and with Michael Eisner and they, God. okay, that's good. We're getting abducted. <laughs> so in, in the eighties, when um, Eisner would came on board and then he always wanted to have George Lucas do something for him. Obviously they did star tours was the first thing that was done at, at a Disney park. So that was the introduction of, Star Wars into a Disney park. It's obviously now it, it's all over the, all over the world. Um, obviously galaxy's edge. Um, <laughs> bunch of X wings there. And, uh, before I ask my big question about star Wars, uh, Brooke, you said you wanted, you had a, a quote that you wanted to give us. So go ahead and shoot us with that quote. Yeah. So thank you to Offhand Disney, the YouTube channel, for doing a great video on the original Galaxy's Edge concept. In it, they had a quote from Kathleen Kennedy, which she had told Bob Iger in regards to Disney and Star Wars occurring in the parks. Do we want to build a Tatooine and build what all the 50 somethings remember star Wars is, Mm -hmm. or do we want to build something else, which is going to appeal to all the upcoming generations who are going to know the new stories. Mm -hmm. That's good. So I have, I've, I've a couple of questions about star Wars and don't get me wrong when I ask these questions, because I, I love everything at Disneyland and everywhere that's, that's star Wars related, but and I asked you guys today this is, is there too much Disney? Is there too much star Wars property in, in, in the Disney parks? And I'm going to go there. And, and to, to add on to that, we were talking before we, we came on here when in, in the eighties, Walt still could have been alive. Do you think this ever would have actually happened? If, if, if he was still alive, would we have this Disney thing, the, the star Wars thing going into the parks? So I'm going to ask, um, Andy first, what his thoughts are on this. There is never enough Star Wars in the Disney parks. You can always use more Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. I love it. I grew up watching it. Star Wars has always had a great relationship with Disney. Disney loved buying other franchises. If you don't know, like he bought the Wizard of Oz franchise. He didn't get the original film, but he bought the rights to future films for it. I think, honestly, George Lucas and, and Walt Disney would have been close mm-hmm. we already know that george lucas saw walt disney as like a far away person to aspire to kind of a mentor figure in his life mm-hmm. though he never actually met him so i i think walt disney always said that disneyland is never finished and it's always growing yep. and star wars i honestly think disney 
would have Walt Disney himself would have pursued um, a partnership with Star Wars a lot sooner than Michael Eisner did with the parks. Walt Disney may have even uh, instead of Paramount Pictures, I'm sorry, not Paramount, but Fox, mm-hmm. instead of 20th Century Fox, partnered with George Lucas to distribute the original right. Star Wars films if he was still alive. Except, of course, during that time, Disney was in a lot of turmoil because they were trying to figure out what would Walt do. Uh, I think Walt Disney would have pursued that relationship with George Lucas, realizing what a visionary George Lucas is. Not that he's the best director in the world, but he is an amazing visionary. He is kind of a Walt Disney of our times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yes, no, and yes. No, there's not enough. Right. Yes, Walt would approve. I will go next because I agree with everything. And this, and write this down, May 4th, 2020. Me and Andy are agreeing on something. Um, <laughs> oh, my. This he's absolutely Andy's absolutely correct I, I and I only asked a question to, to 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 create a conversation about this because I do agree with I, I think there's a little too much and I know what Brooke talked about earlier and I'll let her answer that a few things that could be taken away that would make it absolutely perfect but I, I absolutely agree I, I think Walt probably would have been in on the making of Star Wars when it first was created in 77 so I because I think they would have been that close so I absolutely agree with you I I have not been to Galaxy's Edge yet. I cannot wait. Um, I like the fact that when they created Galaxy's Edge, it's created as its own completely separate entity. When you get there, you walk in, there's different name tags. Everything has different writing on it. And it's a completely different. So you're really not in Disneyland. And that's the way it's created is that you're not supposed to be actually in Disneyland, that you're on this island, uh, not this island, but this planet. And so I absolutely think that there's the perfect amount of Star Wars in there. And being my age, I've seen all the movies. I remember when Star Wars came out in 1977. So I, I, this has been a part of my life forever and I can't wait to go down and to see it and experience it and say, absolutely. There's, there can never be too much Star Wars. So Tim, what are your thoughts on it? Ooh. Ooh. Somebody just lit a lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) My, I kind of agree with you guys. I mean, I think Star Wars is a big thing that's going on right now. Everybody loves it. And I don't, I don't think it takes too much land up. I mean, I, I went to Galaxy's Edge and it was so immersive and so incredible and just crazy and overwhelming by everything. I mean, the architecture of the buildings, the Millennium Falcon, I mean, just everything was just so amazing i think honestly i agree with you guys i think walt disney would approve of it um i think he's a visionary man and he likes new ideas and coming up with you know new he was very imaginative and i think that him and george lucas would have come up with something great for the parks back then Mm -hmm. um and include star wars in some sort of aspect of the parks so (laughs) (laughs) perfect brooke take us home I'm so glad that R2 is backing me up on this. He's my favorite Star Wars character. Uh, For Walt Disney's opinion, it's so hard to say because Star Wars was not made for his generation in the first place. As much as I believe he is a visionary, he was a visionary and a wonderful um, ideas man. I'm not sure if he would understand Star Wars as it did come out in 1977. Uh, If he was still alive today, I understand so many people say Walt would be rolling over in his grave. And even the vice president of Walt Disney World, ex-vice president, uh, 
in his conversation brought that up as a joke. Uh, so it's hard to put words into his mouth, but I do believe that he would be all for it. Mm-hmm. He was a man who was all for, <laughs> thank you, Chewie. Uh, he was all for stories and being able to tell a story well. And what is Star Wars at the center, but a story of hope and of family. Right. Uh, and not to mention, it's a huge, huge pop culture icon. So right. I feel like he'd be all for it. Okay. As for too much Star Wars in the parks, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, and I believe that it's becoming more coherent in the parks. But at this point, it's very incoherent. It's all over the place. And I feel like we need to pull back and kind of regroup where we have our Star Wars. And that goes back to the story of what do we do with Tomorrowland? Right. I I love Star Tours and I want to say don't change Star Tours at all. But things like what populated Tomorrowland for the longest time, but Star Tours and Launch Bay, which is also in Disney Hollywood Studios, which doesn't quite make sense now with the narrative we're trying to tell Right. with Galaxy's Edge. Uh I I do miss Jedi Training Academy and Trials of the Temple. Uh-huh. I I wish that we could have something akin to that in the Black Spire Outpost, but but that's gone from Tomorrowland and I I really hope that in the coming years we do work towards what is Tomorrowland, something that once again, Walt struggled with from the beginning. Right. If we can take Star Wars kind of out of Tomorrowland, maybe hint at it, yeah. but remove more elements of Star Wars from Tomorrowland and make it its own separate entity, we'll have just the right amount of Star Wars in the park. Would you be? Would you, well, thank you, R two. Would you would Would you be opposed to moving Star Tours to Galaxy's Edge? Oh, I'd be all for it. Uh, it'd be weird, right? Because uh, Star Tours is very much a tongue-in-cheek parody mm-hmm. of of travel, of flight, and it just fits so well into the atmosphere of Tomorrowland with its blues and chromes and right. the way it takes space travel. Galaxy's Edge is very much. Like Tim said, it's an immersion right. into, and like you said too, Sean, it's an immersion into the planet of Batu onto a completely different non-Disney place. And Star Tours still feels very Disney, right. but now, I, 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 I'd be I'm all gonna, for. What was that? Oh, yeah. I want to say this: this idea I've heard it before, and I've, I've had this idea. If there was a way, and this would be a massive undertaking to keep Star Wars in Tomorrowland, but you somehow with the queue or something start in Tomorrowland, and at the end of the attraction, you end up in Batuu. And people knew that. <laughs> it, it would be massive. There'd be underground tunnels, and the queue would have to go halfway under there. It would be a massive, very expensive, not worth it undertaking. <laughs> but if they could do that, where you start in Tomorrowland, you get on the Star Tours, and you end your ride crash landing into Batu, uh, that keep it there. Yeah, that's that'd a- be so cool. But also, then you'd have to think about people who might not want to go anywhere. 
They might not want to go to Batu or travel all the way across the park. Um, people with writer swap and and things that, like that, that are people that who might a, not speak English and comprehend. That is, an that, is a, that is an issue. But just think how awesome that would be. You walk out and you were here and you literally landed on another planet. It'd be that would the be best. Super cool. It'd be the best attraction in the park. I absolutely. That's a great idea. I do know that when they were when they, when they built Galaxy's Edge, I've watched a lot of fresh baked when they were going through their weekly updates on that. And there was always rumors of a third attraction over there, over off off to the side between Frontierland and the Millennium Falcon. And I I think moving Star Tours there would be great because we've discussed in the past what should happen at Tomorrowland. And that's a whole other show we can have where we can talk about destroying Tomorrowland and and what we actually would do with it. So, but uh, yeah. They should do what Paris did. What's that? Oh, they did basically a Jules Verne, like it's not, it's discovery land. It's not really Tomorrowland. It's kind of a steampunk idea of what the future could be. And they tried that a little bit with the painting. All they did was paint start the space mountain made look really crappy. Oh God. But they need, (laughs) it needs to be like a retro. I, the land needs to be a retro idea of what, they thought the future would be in the fifties. Like I have the Jetsons. I, I yeah. Like something to go back to what you thought it was going to be. I absolutely, yeah. yeah. God dang, dang get rid Andy. of Autopia. Get rid of Autopia. You could Please. put some, you, you could, you could put so much in Autopia and guys say, get rid of Autopia and the, uh, I hate to say submarines. it, but, but, yeah, get rid of the submarines. Cause you could yeah. put so much, you could put so much there. You could put a Tron coaster there. You could, t- if you take out the yes. launch, you take out the launch pad as well, then you could, there's so much. Cause the launch pad, like you said, Brooke, before we came on is just, it's, useless space it's it's a lot of you and if you all saw an imagineering when joe Rody picked up the imagineering building was looking around you know he's thinking about putting the tron coaster right there so and put bring, bring back <laughs> bring back the people mover absolutely bring back the people absolutely. Mover. That, that, that stupid track sitting there empty i get sad every time i see it now andy did you have you ever been on the rocket rods I was on rocket rods okay. once and it broke down right <laughs> like I, in the middle of it i had to get yeah, off and it was yeah. never been on it again <laughs> no Bring back the people. I, as a child growing up in Southern California, I love the people mover. I it agree. Went through the shops, went through the other yep. attractions. Bring back the people mover. Bring back Mission to Mars. Bring back those old attractions and give, give us a, just a, a retro glimpse of what the future would be. Star Tours, that's a debate. I understand. Probably better off just putting it in, in Batu, however mm-hmm. you can do it, and, and just make and just fully embracing what they thought the future would be in the 50s and have that idea. You know, it's it's maybe even throw a little steampunk in there, a little jet, not Jetsons IP, but the Jetsons idea of what the future would be. Right. Do that. People would love it and embrace it. Keep Space Mountain there. Stop throw it back doing to this the whole- fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera attraction yeah. and Universal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like, it's just there's so much they can do. Just this retro... Uh, this retro fifties futuristic feel of it, you know, the, the home of tomorrow. I mean, it was, it was great. And yeah, it, instead abs- of trying to, you know, deal with it, with, with the Tomorrowland problem, embrace the Tomorrowland problem and just be like, this is what they thought in 1955, the future would be like, and it's fun. And like, do your throwback days, do like retro, retro future day there. And everybody's dressing up, you know, in 50 style clothes, but with their crazy, like back to the future glasses or it's just, there's so much you can do. I hope they're working on it Uh, right now. Disney's bigger issues trying to, you know, you know, keep the stockholders happy. I understand that, but still, I just quit messing around with Tomorrowland. You're not going to make Tomorrowland. Nope. You're not like tomorrow. Just do what they did in Paris. Do what Tony Baxter did in Paris. He did discovery land 
And based on the books of Jules Verne, and it's it's amazing. So that's I all I got. I agree. Again, you guys need to write all this down. This is like the fourth time just today that me and Andy have agreed. So this is amazing. So I'm I'm glad we we're had, listening we, to history happen. I know. I'm glad we asked you to be on, Andy, which is awesome. And we are up at the end of our magic hour here. So um, God dang, these segues are great this week. So uh, uh, yes, thank everyone. So hopefully you all have enjoyed this show, the the Extra Magic Hour, and we appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. Um, speaking of support, I want to mention one thing, I, and the name slips me right now, but we had a gentleman who did a review of a bunch of podcasts um, last week, and I'm this, and I, I cannot remember the name of his website. So hopefully, I got one it. Of Hold you, on. Okay. Okay. So while she's finding out what that is, um, he did a, a, a review of I think like fifteen podcasts, and um, the decast was was honored to be on that list. And he just an, an amazing write up on all of us and on all of our shows and basically said so, that, go ahead. It was of mouse and man brand. Now they're a clothing shop, a pin shop, but they're also uh, avid podcast listeners. And that was in their blog post of yeah. Disney podcasts that you should listen to. And they really did a great job of Every podcast they reviewed, they were listeners. They took an in-depth look and really showcased what made each podcast unique, each creator unique. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing. So, uh, yeah. It it was really cool for me. Uh, you know, seven years ago, some of those podcasts that were on there, like Mice Chat and stuff like that, we we used as inspiration Matthew and I did to start this podcast. And now that we're like, I mean, there are when we started this there was dozens of disney podcasts now there are hundreds and some are amazing some are just people just having fun that that's great too but to be put on a list you know with like our friends at 1313 and then mice chat and then all these other amazing amazing shows i was teary i just like man we 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 are becoming one of if not the best disney podcast that's not my own doing it's because of the fans it's because of the people around uh, on all the other shows and what you all brought to it it's just yeah, I, I was so just thankful and awe inspired by by that that you know, we haven't made it, but it's just like wow, we're doing something right, and it felt good. Yeah, yeah. so thank you to Mikey Steins. Yep, absolutely. Uh, from uh, it's always a mouthful of Mouse and Man brand. They have some pretty uh, cool stuff on their site too, so to take take check, check that out for sure as well. I want that compass patch. <laughs> right, that was so cool. So with that being said, guys, we are at the end of the hour, and I want to thank. All three of you for being on here with us. And uh, like they always say, oh, Andy. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here, people. Social distancing. Listen like they, to the Wookiee. That's right. Like they tell you every day at the Disney parks. Have, have a, a, have a magical, magical day. 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 <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Extra Magic Hour brought to you by the Decast and the DizInsider.com. For more podcasts and content, make sure you go to DizInsider.com, your number one source for all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, breaking news, and all that jazz. Also, if you want to hear more, go to anchor.fm slash the decast or the decast.net. Thanks for listening and have a magical day.
You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts.